what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are actually the king of, of fancy football names. People, <laughs> people forget that. The Osberries taste like Osberries. <laughs> <laughs> I think that will be one that's always that's always remembered. It's so good. And he was a backup <laughs> tight end, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was <laughs> He was a third or fifth round draft pick that was of, a receiver kind of that converted was so good. tight end. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Mike McDonald. With me, back at it again. I don't think he's got white vans on or white shoes on, but Andrew McDonald. How have you been, bud? It's been a minute. We haven't been together in a minute or done this together in a minute. A lot of stuff going on uh, on both sides of things, but the boy is back in town, and that's all I can say. I'm back, yeah. I'm back up in, back up in the dice. It's good to be here. It's been a lot. You know, we both have been busy. We're both going through a lot of major personal things, major personal things that we've been um, embarking on. But it's been it's been tough to schedule, but it's also been a good thing. So happy to be up here and happy to be back, be back with you. You know, it's just it, this feels right to me. But all's well. That's good. Yes, definitely feels right. Definitely feels good. Uh, we are still working on getting that first in-person podcast going again we we made a lot of promises and we didn't deliver on them yet and you know it is what it is but we're working on it and we got a lot of things moving a lot of things shaking in the long run for the podcast a lot of things will be better in the future for sure so luckily we're running through these little bumps and valleys and stuff during the off season easier to kind of shuck and jive so I, I will note that you you did just have a lewisism and that's okay it's peaks and valleys. Um, Lewisism is defined as two analogies put in together. So bumps in the road, peaks and valleys, Lewisism. And I, I love you for it. That, that's a good thing. I just have to document it is all. It's the only reason I brought it up. Well, I'll tell you what we should probably do then is at some point do like a top five or a Mount Rushmore of Lewisisms, whether it's, you know, ones that we've said or done or just uh, even heard. You probably, you know, as one who created the term Lewisisms. You got a lot under your belt, I'm sure. So it'll be interesting to see what I can come up with, but I definitely think that would be a good one for a later date. I think so. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, I take pride in it. So I think it's something that everyone goes through and we should, we should just put it out there and people might be like, yeah, I have heard that. But then it's the glass shattering moment of like, your life will just never be the same. Right. So, and and that's okay. Hopefully everyone can understand that, but. I digress. And for all you psych fans out there, it's a big time. I've heard it both ways type mm-hmm. of situation. Mm-hmm. So getting into, uh, you know, the content of what we are going to be covering, um, we'll jump right in it. First thing we're going to do is talk about a few of the things that uh, happened in free agency. So I touched on some Raider stuff that went down right after the Devontae Adams thing happened. Um, you touched on other stuff within the NFL along with some of the Raiders stuff as well. Some other things happened amongst that time that have been pretty crazy. Uh, The biggest one being Tyreek Hill going, getting traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. So word came out that Tyreek Hill was wanting to match Devontae Adams' uh, price in every facet of the contract. So 
you know, total amount of money, guaranteed money, average that he made per year. Chiefs weren't willing to do that. And I know that last episode, you know, you touched on it and whatnot and all of those things. But the fact that we got him out of our division while simultaneously bringing in Devontae Adams couldn't have been more of a Christmas came early type of situation for us. So he goes to the Dolphins. They get a slew of picks in return for him, which also, you know, looks fantastic because the amount of picks that were given away for him compared to Devontae Adams is unbelievable. And, you know, a lot of people will argue about who's a better receiver out of the two in the league. But the fact that the discrepancy of those picks were such a wide range, I think you can't really argue that the Raiders got a steal in regards to what we gave up. So the other thing that recently came out, and this falls under the category of the rich keep getting richer, is the Rams signed a deal for Bobby Wagner, linebacker. What's interesting is that he's been out on the market and people are kind of like, is he still good? Can he still cover like he used to? He was, him and his agent came out saying that they were seeking a one-year, $11 million deal, I think fully guaranteed, kind of almost like a prove-it year type of thing. And then it came out that the Rams gave him five years, $50 million, I believe it was, or $55 million or something along those lines. I didn't see how much it was guaranteed, but man, the Rams, Von Miller goes out the door and Bobby Wagner comes right back in. So they're just, they've got no chill. They're going all out and just really trying to sign whoever they can. I think the Rams, I think the Rams and really kind of what the Chiefs have done over the last two years just shows you that they, the cap is not a real thing. It's a fictional, it's a fictional thing that people try to follow and work around. Well, I actually have a, I have a take on that, um, on the cap situation. Then I'll talk about Bobby Wagner. So I've been a big advocate of the salary cap is not real reason being because it, it's always going to increase. And so whatever you're talking about, like today, it only impacts this year as it relates to where the cap is. Cause, but the future years, it's always going to grow. Right. So it's like, that's why don't get bogged up in, in what 2024, 2025, because it's always going to grow in that sense. But there is a pretty fascinating, it, I think it was Warren Sharp, who's a very analytical based guy. If you need betting advice, go to him because he bets with his mind, not with his heart, which I wish I had more of. So he, he threw it out there and said, quote unquote, the salary cap is not real. And then in, and referenced certain situations. So it was one was the Chiefs, right? Which I think you could say that it's the case or like, oh, the salary cap's not real or whatever, because of at some point you're just like, we have Patrick Mahomes. But it was basically since Patrick Mahomes got paid, these are the things that happened. And it was just the facts. So it was, okay, well, we had to give uh, Chris Jones this type of deal. We ended up, regardless of how they view Terry Kill, because they can spin the narrative on that sense, like they had to make the choice of this is how much he's worth. And also this is how much we are able to, to give, because I guarantee if they weren't in this situation, their evaluation of Terry Kill might just be different. Right. So when you give top quarterback money, like Patrick Mahomes, you kind of are forced into then evaluating value of evaluating value, evaluating, a player and basing their value off of where you're at currently. So it is real and it's just, it. no one's going to love this because everyone wants to use this blanket statement as, as relative to each team, but it, it is team by team. So each team is going to be different. So yes, 
are the Bengals able to load up with offensive linemen and weapons or whatever you want to want to say like sure at some point they're gonna have to pay joe burrow and that because of where the market is because of what deshaun watson got based on a he had 900 million you know crimes not crimes sorry 900 million like like not he might have had 900 million crimes but he had all these allegedly allegedly he had these 20 plus lawsuits that were against him and he was still able to get this type of market now this is where we start getting next level on certain things where so the salary cap is, is real as it's applicable to your current situation. And now with Deshaun Watson, and I'm going to go on a tangent, which I do, and it's, that means that we're back, right? That, that kind of indicates yes. that you and I are finally back together. Officially back. <laughs> right. So Deshaun Watson gets his deal. Cleveland Browns say, hey, 230, 230 mil over five years. First year is going to be $1 million because – more likely than not, he's going to get suspended for a certain amount of games. And that was also a selling point as to why come to the Browns, because we're only going to make your salary worth $1 million on the first year. So even if you do get suspended, what you're, cause you have to cut game checks. So if you get suspended for eight games, you lose eight game checks. That's not going to be a big hit to you. And then we can frame the contract for you. Now, everyone looks at the Browns say problematic with this situation this is crazy like you know you they knew everyone knew what the browns were doing but this is going to be something that probably hasn't been said maybe forever but the browns might be on to something because if you think about it with deshaun's contract in six months we're going to forget about it right so it's going to be september october and we're going to be like wow nfl deshaun suspended for six games here we go let's talk about what the other teams in that division are up against. You have the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson, who he doesn't have an agent, which is weird, but he also is up for a contract extension. And then you have the Bengals who have to pay Joe Burrow, right? At some point, like I, like I mentioned, and then Steelers, I don't know, maybe Big Ben comes back. Mason Rudolph could just turn a corner. I don't know. They signed Mitch Trubisky, gave him some, uh, some starting well, He's money, the so. MVP for a reason, right? So, it's kind of this ties into kind of the Raiders thing where I think it's a fun thing to talk about, but I don't know if the Raiders really brought on Devontae Adams at this certain APV to be like, we're so smart. We're going to like fleece the chiefs on Tyreek Hill. Cause it was a separate situation. But if you stick to that, the Browns are kind of doing the same thing where they're like, we're going to take this on the chin for about six months. And then you're, in interdivision teams, right, with the Ravens and the Bengals, you're going to have to pay your quarterback. Here's the market, right? Because that's what happens is when, when the highest paid player at this position, when that contract gets rolled out, the precedence is set for the market, right? And the player can say, well, like Lamar Jackson can say, okay, well, you, this is what Sean Watson's getting. I'm an MVP. I ha- don't have 20 plus <laughs> civil suits against me that's where I'm starting and it's going to go up from there. Right. So as we go, and then Joe Burrow's like, well, in my second year, I took you, the team to the, to the Super Bowl. Like I, okay. Yeah. That's where Deshaun Watson was. Lamar Jackson hasn't done done that. I'll probably win an MVP. I'm going to set it there. So the Browns are potentially, and I'm not a Browns fan, but I also think we should maybe talk nice about the Browns once in a while. You can challenge what they're doing and what they're supporting with the Deshaun Watson thing, whatever, but that's kind of what is happening where teams are kind of setting the market in a sense like the Raiders saying, okay, this is what Devonte Adams is worth. 
Um, and I mean, prior to that, maybe it was just shout out Will Fuller who got not Will Fuller. Uh, it was what's his name from uh, to the Dolph or to the Dolphins from the what's his name? It was um, I hear you talking. Oh, about. oh no, 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 Christian Kirk. Sorry, Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk. Yes, Christian Kirk gets eighteen million dollars a year, and everyone's like, whoa. And but then receivers are like, hmm, and they get with their agents, and they're like, well, even though that's crazy, that's still real. So this is what what the market is, and Christian Kirk is just Christian Kirk, not Captain Kirk, right? Christian Kirk. So if he gets that, then then you know what I'm saying, then then it kind of goes from there. So it's now it's like kind of player by player, and then team by team is just saying you're either willing to do this or not, and then forcing the teams to evaluate and say this is honestly what we think you're worth, Tyreek Hill. You are a speed guy, number one. That's your biggest asset. So if you're 28 right now, it's only going to degress, right? And I, we think your number is this. Now, Devontae Adams, what's his skill set? Route running, catch point, right? 50-50 balls primarily. That's not going to change because that's just talent that doesn't go away. He's not a burner, though. He's quick, but he's still going to be able to win those things. So the Chiefs had to kind of get into this, like, that we have to find a number that you're you're worth, and then it ends up going, like, we just won't go over that. And then he's like, I want to seek a trade. So all in all, Browns, you might be onto something. And it's kind of that's I feel like has then driven this the the NFL offseason hasn't been crazy because there have been transactions. It's been crazy because the people that are moving, it's been quarterbacks, it's been prime time receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been big time names that are actually going, moving and shaking. And the way like the standard operating rhythm of the NFL has just changed. It just has. So it's just crazy and fascinating. I don't even know if this was even on par with what we're talking about. Cause I think you were referencing, I don't even know what you're referencing. Let me be honest. I don't even know how I got here, but we're here now. Yeah. I, I talked about Bobby Wagner signing with the yes. Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my last point. of <sighs> I, I, I can't, I, I want to tie it together. I just can't, but it, it was basically you and this is what happens when we're together is you just spark something that I've been like, I'm going to hold this for Micah and for the podcast. And then it's just like ignites. And it's like, yo, you're not even close to what he was actually kind of bringing into. But with Bobby Wagner, you know, the rich keep getting richer and I can't help but say that. No, I don't know, man. Like, like I think the Seahawks are actually in a, a teardown mode. They want to resist it. For some reason they're saying we're going to recharge. We're not going to rebuild. It's like okay, well, somehow Pete Carroll is ninety-five years old and still chewing gum and very active, but he's he's not going to be coaching forever. You don't have Russ Wilson. You have this weird team that is compiled of mostly safeties. They just keep paying their safeties and call it good. No O line, no corners. Like it's like, hey, the NFL is like we deem safety as the least, not least valuable, but one of the least valuable positions on that side of the field, which is how our market is. And the Seahawks are like, okay, hold my beer we're going to keep paying our guys and not build on the tackles. And then NFL is like, no, those are important. Like, right. So if I was a Seahawks fan, shout out many times, I would be troubled, but I promise I'll get back to Bobby Wagner. Um, they basically were faced to, you know, in a situation like they, they're not going to pay him. They, they clearly, obviously he was great for the Seahawks and they had to shed him and the Rams. I think, from what it's like, I think it might be honestly a similar deal to Von Miller, which is relative because he left the team to join the bills, but more so the guaranteed money, you got to figure out where the guaranteed money is. And when it came out about five years, I was kind of like, 
that's interesting for a linebacker, number one. Number two, for someone at, at his age, um, I think it's going to be a lot of front-loaded guaranteed money. And then, um, you know, the, the contract's going to be like similar to Von Miller's. But anywho, it's, it's a good deal. They're basically taking it year by year when theoretically the NFL has always been you want to win now and you also want to win in the future. And that's how they look at things. Teams are just shifting to say we want to win in September. And then, and then we're going to figure out after September rolls into the offseason that and evaluate from there. So I'm sure all of that made sense. And, you know, it was very clear, but Bobby Wagner, big news, man. What do you think? I think that's fantastic. And we are officially back, everybody. We are back. The duo is back together because Andy, man, that, that might've been one of your best ones, to be honest with you. Usually the, the unplanned ones are, are the most organic, obviously, because it's not planned, but yeah, I'm, I, I apologize, I, but I, I don't also at the same time. Don't. Sorry, not sorry. Well, um, those were just kind of some of the things, you know, that happened in free agency. I think the NFL is just drunk right now with all the things that are going on, um, with all these uh, superstars getting moved, the different money that's that's going around. few things as we transition, few things in regards to the Raiders that we're going to get into. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys. This episode is brought to you by DraftKings. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. They win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So as we transition here, some Raider news, some interesting things I wanted to just go over with you. A few things that have uh, circulated as of recently uh, with the Raiders. One of them being, where does Jonathan Abrams sit on this team? Where does he fit into this defense? What do the Raiders do with them? So we've got a new defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham. I feel as if his style of defense actually is might have been the best thing that could have happened to Jonathan Abram because he is a big guy of like, we'll shift a lot of things around and we'll, we may look like we're in this base and that base or doing this and that, but best 11 guys out on the field, if they can play, they're going to, you know, I'm going to put them where they need to be. Right. So, Jonathan Abram is one of those guys that is coming up on a do you pick up their uh, fifth-year option. First rounders, we got Khalil, Khalil Mack, man, RIP in peace, just came out. Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, and Jonathan Abram all coming up on their uh, you know fifth-year option we have to make a decision on. So that being said, I'm going to give you a few options and get your take on some things. Okay. So Jonathan Abram, do we keep him in the same role that he that he's in in regards to a strong safety, kind of plays up in the box a little more? Do we convert him into a hybrid linebacker 
um, that is more just obviously in the box as a linebacker, does some coverage things and whatnot? Or do we look into the avenue of trading him, seeing what we can get for him? So it's a few of the things that have been tossed around. Um, I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about just because there is that option of like, do we, you know, take him as a safety and turn him into a linebacker? Because, I mean, he's almost a glorified linebacker out on the field anyways with the way that they used him a lot last year. Um, And he sucks in coverage. So that would be another good reason to just not let him be on the back end as much as possible. But I will turn it over to you, give you those three options. I'll give you a fourth option of other if there is another for you um, that you have to go on. And knowing you, you might possibly have another. But throwing that out there for you, those three options or four other. Andrew, what do you have? Yeah, I think it's dangerous giving me a fourth option of other. Um, I'll just say that. But I think we're talking about two different things. Um, I think for one, you have to look at what would picking up his option be, what would extending him be, and also what the, the trade market value for him would be. So if we pick up his option or extend him, then we would then probably, based on his play, feel like we could give get some kind of, you know, kind of some middle point around what he is valued at and and also that he would accept and understand that he might have not earned an extension, but but would be willing to take maybe take less. Now, to understand the trade market, I think you would have to act as if you were another team in the league and say, okay, we do value him at that. And usually what it comes back to is um, GMs or, you know, player personnel said we had a very high grade on him. We think that he we can get the most out of him in our system. And then we see him at this value and that's just that. And then they say, well, let's play the Raiders side and say, why are they trying to trade him? This is a first round pick, right? So they, they will use our desperation to see what we can get from him to, to be like, okay, we'll give you a fourth or fifth round. What I say is worth that. No, I don't think so. Now the problem is, is you can't truly understand the impact he's going to have because it's a new system. And so you can, not you as in you, but like anyone can be like, okay, well, this is how he would fit in Patrick Graham's system. You, you, we don't really know. Okay. Because as much as he is versatile and say, Hey, it's three, four, four, three, right. Press man, bail cover two, whatever. Right. He said, we're versatile there. He still has definitions for, for each role. He still has a, an idea and a structure around what he wants out of these certain individuals, which would be the defensive line, second level, third level. Right. So, then how does Abram play into that? So it's kind of tough to, to be like, well, for certain, I know that he would excel in this system that he's never been in and that we also don't have a firm understanding on. Not a firm understanding, we have, we have the tape, but we don't have actually like what it would look like. So this is the other part, right? So now you gave me the leeway to go to the other. So that, that's what that was. I think if, if you were going to make me decide today, I think we should pick up his option because the option is then... I feel like we have enough room and he has enough value. And because not only is Patrick Graham's scheme versatile and he is versatile in his way of thinking that it doesn't put Abram in a box and say, he just doesn't fit. And Abram's style, as much as he struggles in certain areas, he excels in other areas, which would then make him versatile, right? Which would then make him like, yeah, we could bring him in as a nickel corner and just play at the second level. 
I don't care if he's a safety. I don't care if he we transitioned him to a linebacker in this scheme of Patrick Graham, that actually looks like a nickel corner in these certain sub packages, right? Or like we can blitz him off the edge. He can be a rotation, whatever it is. Regardless, he has talent. It just has like his ceiling hasn't been met. And that's part of potentially him. And also I would say it's, it's the coaching because the coaching is saying, taking someone and saying, if, even if you just played at your experience level or, or talent level, then, then you're this, this good. And we've seen Abram struggle and be good. Not, saying anything about Gus Bradley, but I am saying something about Paul Gunther, um, you know, but I think coaching is really what's going to get the, that that's what gets the best out of players. There are certain players that are just so extraordinary that they fit any scheme Devontae Adams because they've, they've just been developed and, and they're, they're going to be fine regardless. He's not in that situation. And I think there's untapped potential. What number you put on that? I'm not sure. I think that the cleanest option is to say, we're not going to, because he's versatile and can play safety, like third level, not very good, but also he can play in the box. He has shown flashes of, of, of good, you know, and, and sometimes great at times. And Patrick Graham's system will either face him in or out. You know, it, it, it's so versatile that if he can't fit in there, then, then, then we kind of know what he is. I, I think it's my second tangent, right? Um, but I, I don't want it to be. All in all, my choice would be, pick up his option and just call it that and then evaluate him one year in the system um, of Patrick Graham to see if, if it works. And if it doesn't, then I think we have a pretty easy decision. Does that make you kind of force your hand into a more like, Oh, like the James Bradbury, like the giants are going to cut or trade James Bradbury and teams are like, okay, sick. Like you tell me when, you know, cause like if you cut him, it's easier or we might have for shot to get him If we throw you a six round pick, they're like, now nah, we're going to wait. So then they're going to draft a corner probably at in one of their two picks in the top or top 10 in the first round. I'm going somewhere. And so it's like, do you want to be in that situation where teams already basically said, you already kind of played your cards and we know where you're going? No, but I also want to just believe in the fact that we can pick up his option. There's a chance that he does get into the system and it is valuable and we can extend it at something reasonable. So that's it. That's it about Abram. The, okay, sorry. Can I just say this? Like, and this is for everyone, and this is more, mostly to back up Micah. Is we talked about like, hey, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, do we think like there's enough? Like, do we want to hit on NFL stuff? Do we want to talk about like Johnson Abram? And then you're like, well, I think it's it's relevant. And I'm like, okay, let's roll with it. And Micah makes a call, not makes a call, but he was like, yeah, I think we should stick with it. And I was like, yeah, I agree. And then I just go off, like it's like, and I'm like, oh, if we have stuff to talk about, but here's right. That's the hope I bank on. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So if you're listening, please listen at if you could turn your thing from 1.0 as far as speed to like 0.75, just to make sure that you can hear my words. I don't know why I talk this fast, but it's just what it is, guys. And Micah understands me, and I, that's why I love it. So because he did not make a Pro Bowl in the four years that he was with the Raiders, his option now teams have until May 2nd to decide whether they're going to pick up an option or not. His option as a safety who did not meet Pro Bowl criteria, $7.268 million. Do you pick up that option? Yeah, no doubt. My, I, in a heartbeat, can't speak for McDaniels. Like, I, I couldn't, but or, or not like he makes a decision for, for Graham or Ziegler, but that's cheap. And I would think about the fact that we did bring on some secondary help. Hammond or Harmond or whatever his name is from from New England, he's a very valuable thing. So I don't know how they look at him, but if you're asking me, seven point eight, based on what I believe I understand our current 
salary cap situation, I would say we bring him back because as much as we've had bad picks in the first round or like bad evaluations, if you actually looked across the board, the the um, consensus around Abram was was that this basically what we got to is, is that there's big flashes of of awesomeness and there's just certain things that he struggles with. So just put him in the right position to succeed and 7.8 to get that value this year and potentially work towards a, an extension is worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree with that because I guess what's ironically enough, what I was when I gave out the option of like picking up his option and possibly converting him to a linebacker, it was more of like, do we trade him or do we pick up our his option? <laughs> that should have been the question mark because, like you said, there is so many flashes of of good from him, right? And you know, he as much as he struggled in certain things, with Patrick Graham coming in as a defensive coordinator with the things like you said that he is very good at despite his issues with things it's at least worth seeing what he can do within this seeing where he fits in you're picking up 7 and it's 7.268 so even better than what you thought at a 7.8 <laughs> but picking it up seeing what happens you know and maybe maybe this is the defensive scheme um and fit for him to live up to a first round pick in regards to, you know, making pro bowls and, and kind of taking on a second contract that kind of lets him work into a better him. Can I, sorry, can I just touch on this? And it's not too, as if I know, but I will try to be quick. I don't understand why these things are so complicated in a sense, because, and it's not to, we don't shame. Okay. We don't fan shame by any means, but check it out for the option year. Teams, the reason they do what they do is based, it's based by position, right? So for certain quarterbacks that they're like, man, we feel like if we take, like pick up his option, Daniel Jones, right? We're like, we still believe he has that. That's worth picking up the option. There's certain positions of value that teams deem like, it's just like, we just haven't seen enough and it's not that important. So, okay. Right. So for quarterbacks, very important if he turns around for safeties or guards or whatever right like those aren't always a value right of similar value so if teams are willing to trade it's because they've already kind of made up their mind and if they don't get a a trade partner right that's or any interest at all they're just going to write it out so i don't understand why it's like you can't look at each position the same way and that's the thing with running backs right there's a lot of reason why teams even though like don't take a running back in the first round there's a lot of reasons why running backs still go in the first round right? It's because of that option, because they want to make sure that at that fifth year, they have a choice to say, okay, well, after four years of this, just impact, impact, impact. And they like, that's the most physical position. One, probably the most outside of linebacker, because it's kind of the inverse. Like that's, that's one of the positions that we want another year to make a decision on. That's what the option is. So that's why positions are valued in that sense with tackles, with quarterbacks, receivers go, and it, and they it's starting to be more valuable than we used to think, right? But teams evaluate like the reason the selections in the first round are so critical are because of that option year. You have five years of control, not four. So once it gets to the second round and on, it's just four years of control, right? So that's why the Raiders, when they took Derek Carr in the second round, had to make a decision earlier and make him the highest paying quarterback, which is $25 million. And now it's laughable, right? So I'm not saying this as like, you guys are all idiots. Like, how do you not see this? But it's like, 
this is we we have to be able to look at each player and situation contract wise and and say well we can actually get closer to to really what are our two options it's either he fits or he don't it the the 7.28 right fits with us and is valuable or whatever and then or not right so it's like there are certain positions that are it's just different the conversation is just not it's not equal right the conversation for each position and each player is just not equal because teams don't value that and then fans want to look at everything as if it's the same be like well, why would we do this and all that well it's like dude like if you're running your own business like you would probably look at it that way you know you know make make sure that you understand each thing so the option here is so critical and that's where he's at because he was 24 24th overall well he's number 24 so he, he was a he was one of the first three you know three first round picks with Farrell and Jacobs and whatever anyways the point is is that it's not, it's not always the same is all I'm trying to say. It's not always the same. And you have to be able to say like, okay, we're really, it's either cut him, cut him trade or option year. Cause he hasn't proven enough to get an extension. People that have proven it have been the Max Crosby's who didn't even, obviously he's a second round plus type of traffic that we had to extend him, but players earn their extensions. And it's usually early like Colton Miller, like, Hey, we're seeing enough good that we're going to extend you until the market gets to a certain point where you're just not worth that. So anyways, that's all I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely get it. And he's right in there with that level that you're saying evaluation, because they just, they still need to see, like, there's a chance that they can pull that, you know, enough value out of him to make that a position of strength for us. Even, you know what I mean? For whatever it is, he ends up playing. We'll get to one more thing before we get out of here. What I'm going to do is I'm I'm actually going to deviate from what we talked about doing offline ahead of time. But I'm going to give you our other fifth round or fifth round, our other fifth year options. And really, it's it's more of like what's your decision on one because the other one is just outlandish for the money that is you know expected of it. But we'll start with that one. He did not make a Pro Bowl for the Raiders, Cleveland Farrell, um, as a defensive end, eleven point five million. Probably pass on that, right? My guess. Yes. Okay. Pass on that. So this one is the one that's a little bit trickier, I guess, has some more, you know, debate involved with it. As someone who made a Pro Bowl for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, $8 million, 8.034. So we'll just, we'll just round it down at $8 million. Do you pick that up? Now with his history of injury and his health, but also the history of what he's done for us and how well he's played for us. Where are you at, Josh Jacobs? Eight million dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's tough, man. Like because I, I think he's awesome. He has the ability to take over games, and he's shown that, um, and has led us to a lot of the wins when we just pounded it with him. Now, then you have to evaluate the running back position as a whole and say, okay, well, yeah, he's talented how many other guys can give you similar value and also at a cheaper price compared to, you know, whatever. I, I mean, if it were me, I would, I would say his, there's a reason we took him in the first round. And I think he's shown that even though he's been injury ridden and also has had fumbling issues, maybe because he holds it out here like LaShawn McCoy, you know, but I think he's an integral part of our team. And this is also going to be based on Josh McDaniels and how, he fits in the scheme. I think McDaniels loves him. I also think you've seen McDaniels with New England succeed with a rotating, you know, a rotating running back core. So I don't know if you're just going to ask me, do we pick up the option? I would say yes. 
because I don't think that I would say yes. And that I, I would imagine we just don't extend him. Honestly, unless we come to some team friendly deal, I think his value is what it is, but with his injury history, he, he was younger when we drafted him. So you talk about five years, he's, he's only like 25, 26 because he came into the, the NFL pretty young. So I think he's still got some tread on the tires, but I also think that the, the position is, is pretty interchangeable, you know? Um, and also if you have a smart play caller, you have, you have a smart, you know, like Josh McDaniels, Shanahan, McVay, whatever, right. You can make do, but yeah, I, I think that I think they should pick up his option. I just don't think they extend him. So I'm concise now, by the way. I'm I'm back to concise. I don't know if I've ever been concise, but I'm there now. Yeah, I think the worst thing that could have happened for Josh Jacobs, honestly, was this offense coming into uh the team because that you've seen over the many a years that Josh McDaniels has been running the offense in New England, the running back position has kind of been one of the positions that they haven't really had a whole lot of quote unquote elite talent there. Now they've made, they've turned players into, you know, they've had elite people perform at an elite level throughout the years and whatnot, but they never really had that guy that was like a Dalvin cook, you know, or one of the top running backs in the league. You know, they were just so in, I mean, for multiple years, they had two running backs changing in and out. Both running backs were considered great plays when it came to fantasy football because of just the offense that they were in. So they never needed that elite guy. Um, like you said, were able to make do and kind of always had people that could produce because of the system, not because of who they were for the most part. So um, I agree. I feel like that's probably the route they probably go as well, unless they feel like they can, you know, pick up his option and then flip him and trade him. Maybe they look into that, but I do think he he provides a lot of value because of what he's done. But like you said, the longevity there, it's it's hard to bet on that. You know, with how he's performed, he's probably going to go out there and be like, look, I'm I've performed to, you know, I'm not saying that he's, he's going to go out and say, like, I need number one running back money, but he's done well enough up there to be like, I need a good amount of money. And I don't know how much they're, you know, they're going to value him at that number that he's going to try to ask for. So. Yeah, I just think it's, it's it's interesting, like, especially this position, because, like, look at Chase Edmonds. Like, he was someone who – how many touchdowns did he have last year? He had 10-plus for the Cardinals. Now, what he meant to the Cardinals' offense is different is different than what his actual stats were. It's like, yeah, he punched it in a lot, and he was great for them. But, like, where the offense is going, truly what they want to be, their identity, it's really not that kind of back. So they're like, okay, we're, we only are only – like, we're only going to value you at this. And then he's just like, no, I can get more. And then he got more and he went to the Dolphins, right? So it's like, it's, it's just fascinating to see like those positions. I think something like a D tackle, something like an off. I think everyone knows what the offensive line is. Those are defined. There's a lot of positions in the NFL on each team that the definition of them, of what they want are scheme-based, which is obvious, but also like not really advocated for. It's like what Chase Edmonds might mean to the Cardinals is only at a certain point of what he will mean to the Dolphins, right? It's the same thing like we were talking about with Abram. It's like, we don't know where he's going to fit, but based on his fit and if he succeeds because of Graham's scheme, then he means this much. That's how we evaluate it, but then we want to act as if, sorry, I'm not trying to go off on a rant here or tangent, but like, dude, like we, you can't look at everything the same is all I'm saying. Like what the value of 
Derek Carr in the McDaniels system or, or Mac Jones, right? There's a reason the Patriots drafted Mac Jones and not Trey Lance, even though Trey Lance already went, right? Something like that, that's a project or whatever. It's like they already knew what Mac Jones was and he could fundamentally understand the system and he lacks certain physical tools and they can they can scheme around it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why these things aren't always clear cut and it's, it's hard to figure out, you know, two, like basically you have two new, new schemes and with McDaniels and Graham that we just don't know. We have an idea, but we don't know truly what they value and where, you know, what makes sense to them. So that definition, it all boils back to what we're talking about, which is the contract and what, whether we should extend it or not, you know, it's, it's just tough. It's tough, but. Well, and I'm going to, I'm going to leave you with this, this last <laughs> thing, put this down in the books for possible fantasy football team names, the Graham scheme of things. In the wow. grant, in the Graham scheme of things, you said that, and I was like, I don't think you realize what you said. You said the Graham scheme. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I did that. Can I? Can you cut this? And I can say that I definitely meant to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you are actually the king of, of fantasy football names. People forget that the Osberries taste like Osberries. <laughs> <laughs> I think that will be one that's always that's always remembered it's so good and he was one-off. a backup tight end you know what i'm saying like, but it was, <laughs> he was a third or fifth round draft pick that was of, a receiver kind of that converted so good. Tight end. Yeah. Yeah. and i think that's what it was always the fun part is like let's let's pick a seventh round draft pick from the raiders mm-hmm. to like run this this fantasy team name off of so that's always it's always could we be, might, sorry could go on Go for it. You're about to say, I think we're about to say the same thing. Could be a good top five. Could a good Mount Rushmore, a good top five of of top fantasy names that we've, I think we have to go with what we've used or what we've come up with, Mm -hmm. um, or at least aim to to go around that. But well, that's what we got for you guys. Um, It was a good, it was a good first episode back, right? And we sat here and thought, what are we going to talk about? How are we going to get into things? And we're pushed out a solid 45 plus minutes. So I think this this gives like you guys an idea of what Micah has just had to deal with his whole life of just having the patience to just let me just go, even though he, ne- he never asked for it and he's okay with it. You know, like it's, it's just, I'm, I apologize for me, honestly. There's no need to apologize. So. Okay. Well, do you mind if I just send out the people, send the people out, send out the people from, the grand scheme of things. Um, do you mind if I send the people with some Lewisisms because we tabled it and I think there's, yeah. I'll, I'll get more data around these. Um, and now just to, we're talking about definition of positions. Let's talk about the definition of Lewisisms. Lewisism is combining two analogies into one. Okay. It'll all make sense. And at some point you're going to be like, Holy smokes, either I do that or my partner or someone I work with does it all the time. And your life will be different from here on out. If you choose to accept this, right. A few good ones. And I don't know why they make me laugh so much, dude, but it's just, it's hilarious. Okay. So number one, not number one, not in a ranking way, but just the list I compiled is we have a lot of fires that need to be blown. Okay. So this was some, this was something submitted from um, one of our good buddies, Rob Santos. He was talking to someone and they said, we have a lot of fires that need to be blown. Now that basically what we're talking about is, we have a lot of fires to put out. I don't know what the blown part, maybe candles to blow, blow out or candles have been blown. Not sure, but we have a lot of fires that need to be blown. That's a Lewisism. Okay. Congratulations. Um, number two, 
and then this was from D. Lewis, so that's, that's kind of why it makes me makes me laugh. Um, I really feel like that took the steam out of their sales. So, you know, wind in the sails ste- took the steam out of it. I'm, I'm not sure he that's he said that. So, might have been God. the steam steam out of their boat. There used to be back in yes. the day steamboats yes. um, were steam out of the yeah. boat. Um, wind in the sails. I really feel like that took the steam out of their sails. So. There's that last one. One of my favorites, like I, there's so many that I'm like trying to find in my texts. This one, I just never forget. This actually is the origination of the Lewisisms because when he said this is when I created it, which everyone's like, that doesn't sound important. And it's just important to me. So just, okay, be cool. I'll go through this problem with a tooth and a comb. Now what he's referring to is a fine, a fine tooth comb. Just a tooth and a comb. One tooth, one comb, the problem. I'll go through it. One of my all-time favorites, and I will never forget that. So thank you, Lewis. You've blessed me in, in ways that you don't know, or I probably tell you too much how much I love this um, ism of yours. But that's all I got. Well, I'll leave you with one. I'll leave you with one because I remember I had sent you one, ironically. I, I don't know why it's ironic. I think just because of the date, but it was on September 11th. Nothing ironic about it, just like the date itself. Yeah. But um, have some respect, dude. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, uh, me and my wife were we were traveling, and um, we were kind of going back and forth on on what we were going to do, whether we were going to go do something specific um, for dinner or just head home for for the weekend. We were done with it. Sure. You know, and I was kind of like, oh yeah, like if you want to, whatever we could do that, and then. I was like, I just, I don't really want to get home too late. And she was like, I knew you didn't want to do that. Um, You should have just said that you didn't want to do it. And and then I told her, I said, yeah, I just didn't want to be the bummer of bad news. Why that came out of my mouth, I'm not positive, but. You you didn't want to be a bummer. You didn't want to be the bummer of bad news. And that's okay. That's why it's a beautiful thing. That's why it's like, hey, everyone has a Lewisism. Everyone has a Lewis in them, not in that way. Just it's a part of you. And if you're a part of that, then you're a part of me and us. And I'm proud of you. I think that's a perfect way to leave the (laughs) listeners off with this fantastic first episode back together. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, You know, we hope you guys are enjoying the things that are going on in free agency and the things surrounding the Raiders because there's a lot of good things to be happy about. A lot of happy things to be good about, you know. So, till next week, uh, we hope you guys, like I said, enjoyed this. Go draft, go DraftKings as a download. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app or DraftKings in general. Code TPPN. Do it. Go play it. Do it. Do it. Go download it. Go play. March Madness is still going on. I think we got Final Four coming up, if I'm not mistaken. Um, got a couple more rounds. Really get in on it. Just two. Just that's, that's why I said a couple more rounds. Yeah, more than one. I wasn't certainly. wrong. <laughs> you. So go play DraftKings. Uh, sign up with code TPPN. Support us. Uh, support the fam. Support the crowd and the crew. Everybody. So that's our episode. We'll see y'all next week. Raider Nation, love you guys. Thanks for holding on. That's all I can say. We love you. Peace.
You step for the island, boys. They step for the island, boys. Like I did not buy the photo of the step for the island, boys. You don't really know what I'm saying, but in the text he sent me, the island boys that would step for the boys. <laughs>